goodest of good days, podcast pals, and a warm Wednesday welcome to your midweek discontent provider oasis. Hopefully, you'll be able to drink deeply enough from our admittedly somewhat brackish waterhole to leave you sufficiently refreshed and invigorated to slog through the parched, cracked desert of Thursday until you can dive, exhausted, into the frothing plunge pool of the song at the end of the week. You know, it's painfully apparent at this point that once again, the world's greatest lurcher and myself must cast our trio of increasingly clouded eyes, and I mean that as much in spiritual terms as literal ones, towards the ongoing carnival of carnage and atrocity that is the IDF-Hamas conflict. Yes, there are other stories, of course, but nobody gives the proverbial tin turd for most of them. Uh, So for, I suspect, a while, pretty much all roads must perforce lead to Gaza, wherein all those with power seem either to be clueless or doggedly resolved to choke down any impulse towards humanity that might pop up in their vicious little noggins with an eye towards spoiling their homicidal or genocidal larks. Which is uh, quite a worrying thought, now I come to think of it. Uh, After all, it's not unheard of, even by those whose hope wasn't drowned in disillusionment decades ago, for governments to take advantage of a big splashy story to cook up something uh, uniquely and ineffably beastly while the population's minces are fixed elsewhere. And so monstrous are the doings in the Middle East, anything Sunak and his pals might do that's going to garner them more than the most cursory media attention is going to have to be something catastrophically psychotic and foul. Definitely a prospect to keep one up of nights, eh what? But for now, let's put that to one side. Uh, As I always say, there'll be time enough for us to hang ourselves from that bridge when we get to it. As it goes, it's not the unceasing death and destruction in and of itself about which we're speaking today. Uh, What, after all, can a half-bright songwriter, podcaster and a far brighter dog say of it all than hasn't been said already? Discontent provider's stance on the uh, situation has already been firmly established, I think, uh, and even the uh, attack on Gaza City's Al-Ali Hospital affords little in terms of provable facts from which we can learn anything. As at the moment, the only incontrovertible piece of data available to us is that nobody did it. It's the coverage that has us face-palming, or face-pouring pretty dashed hard at the moment, Perhaps due to the same lack of uh, reliable information already discussed, many commentators are steering clear of mere reportage in favour of giving their old favourite hobby horses a new coat of paint as they co-opt the plight of Israeli and Palestinian citizens alike in order to fight their own personal battles. Most noticeably, of course, uh, this has manifested itself in another round of Beeb bashing. Specifically, the BBC is being lambasted on several fronts, from legitimate posts on social media right down to scathing denunciations on GB News because they don't call Hamas terrorists. One can, at first glance, understand the ire of their detractors. Hamas do absolutely meet all the requirements of being terrorists. They do terrible things to terrorise people in pursuit of a political goal. Auntie, on the other hand, feels that using the word would compromise one of their central, most abiding principles, that of objectivity and impartiality. Speaking on yesterday's Jeremy Vine show on Radio 2, John Simpson, a world affairs editor for BBC News, explained that as far back as World War II, the BBC's guidelines were explicit about not using emotive language that might colour people's opinion of a matter. 
it was acceptable, for example, to describe Nazi forces as the enemy at the time, but words like evil or monstrous fuckstumps were frowned upon. Terrorism is obviously a loaded term, and we're all familiar with the old chestnut about one person's terrorists being another's freedom fighter, uh, so theirs can certainly be understood as a legitimate view, if not as one with which one might agree. Now, many of those that don't agree with it, however, or profess not to, are those with long-standing grudges against the corporation, so one has to wonder quite how sincere their outrage over this semantic sticking point actually is, particularly in light of the fact that other news outlets have been making the same choice with little or no outcry. More transparently nonsensical and piss-boilingly infuriating than many of the criticisms of the Beebs policy has been the appeal to authority made by pundits, viz. that Hamas are a prescribed terror group according to the government. So they dashed well ought to toe the line and call a terrorist a terrorist. A bit rich, don't you think? Given that this comes from the sort of scurrilous scribblers who quite often deride and despise the government and are wont to carp about a perceived bias in one direction or another shown by the BBC. Their sudden firm conviction that the broadcaster's talking heads should now literally act as governmental mouthpieces is as contemptible as it is unconvincing. As people are fond of saying on Tinternet at the moment, we see you. You shit fuckers. Simplistic, dualistic and divisive, with lashings of sensation. That's what the red-topped, doped punters want. So why not give it to them? Objectivity, tone, nuance. What Tommy rot? What nonsense? What outright treachery to our culture? One really wonders what the news as these imbeciles would have it might be like. Do one not? As a matter of fact, one did wonder. So now, you don't have to. What up, bitches? This is C4 News, and I'm your news daddy, Krishnan Guru motherfucker. Woot woot. For tonight's first story, we've got an exclusive. Hot and live here in the studio is Israeli Prime Minister Big Ben Netanyahu. Yo, Benny boy, what's the haps out there with all that war shit, son? Well, I'll tell you, Krish. It's been a goddamn shit show out here. These Hamas bitches have been killing, butchering and raping my peeps for the last week. And I've got to tell you... Can I just stop you there? I'm kind of confused by your accent. You don't sound like no Israeli. I feel you, dude. You were expecting something a bit more Fiddler on the Roof, yeah? Or Fagin, off of Oliver. Word. That would have been hilarious a few years ago. But that stuff don't fly no more. Like my ex-boy Dylan would say, times they be a-changin'. Right on. Now, having established our PC credentials, tell us what your plans are to resolve this beef. There's only one resolution I want to see, Krishnan, and it's in the motherfucking ring. So I'm calling out that limp dick, Ishmael Hanaya, to drag his dirty ass out of his Qatar hole and meet me in the squared circle. Winner takes all! A surprise challenge there from Big Benny. You've got to wonder how Mr. Hanaya is going to take that. Bitch is going to shit himself. That's how he'll take it. Well, we'll soon find out, because joining us from Qatar via satellite is the Hamas leader, Ishmael Hanaya. Is dog, you've heard what Mr. Netanyahu has to say. Any response? 
The only response I've got for that heap of shit is going to be in the Enormodoma Wiener next week. I'm going to crush him. I'm going to pound him. And all the white phosphorus in the world isn't going to save his ass when I lay the smack down on him. To hell with rockets and six-day wars, brother. It ain't going to take but six minutes for that coward to find out who's the real swinging dick on the Gaza Strip. Oh, yes. There you have it then. A challenge delivered and a challenge accepted. Live here on C4 News. And you can bet your sorry asses that C4 News will be bringing that white-hot match to you next week as these two elderly titans grapple not just with each other but with the very destiny of the Middle East. So be there or get fucked. Coming up after the break, Jon Snow will be bringing us coverage of Parliament's inaugural wet t-shirt competition. So don't touch that remote, because I've just come on it. Hmm. How long until it happens, cats and kittens? It's almost certainly closer than you think. And, you know, if that sort of coverage is your bag, at least you've got Richard Maidley to tide you over until the arrival of the real thing, eh? Anyway, time we were off, I fancy. Don't forget to join Arkham and Foxy back here on Friday. And until then, cheerio. <laughs>